do you feel lucky, punk? I know you're wondering. Is this the booth drafting the circuits or Steve's video store? What is it? I sure know what it is. It's hoobazoo.com. It's taken some work, but I finally have them. The worst of the worst. Let's just say I put him in the hole and threw away the hole. There's rumors, Amanda, that some of them have abilities. Oh, yeah. I have seen things. Maybe Superman was some kind of beacon for them to creep back from the shadows. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet who I think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control them? Because getting people to act against their own self-interest is what I do for a living. to all my brothers and sisters in arms, past and present, and a big welcome to all those that support us. Broadcasting from the City of Champions, Brockton, Massachusetts, this is Oscar Mike Radio, veteran in action, on mission, always. This is episode two, and I want to say before we get started, uh, I just want to say thank you, uh, by any measure or my measure. I believe the response to the first uh, radio podcast was overwhelming. 
Uh, almost 100% of the people that I sent the, the podcast to listened, uh, provided feedback, and overall seemed to enjoy themselves. And you know that's what this is all about. We're about connecting veterans and people who support veterans to each other. You know, talking about our challenges and the problems we face and how we've overcome those and having some fun at the same time. That's what we're all about here at Oscar Mike or what I'm trying to, when I say we, uh, I mean, it's not just me doing this, is when you listen and when you, you know, contact me or contact somebody else or tell somebody else about this podcast, you know, that's what's happening it is, is we are becoming, you know, stronger as a family. So a couple of uh, housekeeping things before we get started. Uh, if you heard the bumper before uh, I started talking, uh, that is from woobazoo.com and my friend Keith Hayes, who's helping me uh, get this going. And um, he is creating a military-themed bumper for uh, this podcast. Thank you very much, Keith. And, um, you know, I am looking very much forward to Suicide Squad coming out after... Uh, the last movie from DC I did not see, which was uh, Batman versus Superman. I, I've got no interest to ever see that. But I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad. And uh, first things first, I want to go over some of the questions that I was asked as a revolt of the podcast. Uh, the first thing I was asked was, well, again, what is Oscar Mike Radio? And like I said earlier, Oscar Mike Radio is you know my way of connecting to other active duty service members, veterans, people who support veterans, parents of veterans, you know, when that mom whose kid is deployed overseas and she has a question, you know, we're here for you, we want to hear from you, and now that I'm on the other side, if you will, I can certainly appreciate where you're coming from. So in a, in a way, you know, we get out of the military and we want to be there for our uh, brothers and sisters in arms. This is, you know, my way of, of doing that and inviting you guys all along for the ride. Thank you. So, as a result of the first podcast, I was asked these three questions. The first one is, what is a Hawk missile? Um, well, Hawk stands for homing all the way killer. It's made by Raytheon. It was made uh, and still is to a degree made right here in Massachusetts or you know a lot of the software and you know electronics are made here in Massachusetts. Um, and it's a surface-to-air missile. Uh, medium range which means you have like a 40-60 mile uh, effective range and it's uh, towed out into the uh, position set up and radar tracks an aircraft. We you know, engage the aircraft with the missile and hopefully the bad guys stay away. The missile weighs 1,500 pounds, about as long as your car, seven or eight feet long. And no, it's longer than that. I can't remember the exact length. I'll, I'll look that up. But it's, it's uh, think, you're, think, think car length when you think of the Hawk missile. When uh, it's fired, you hear a big boom. That's the missile breaking the sound barrier before it even leaves the launcher. It's pretty cool to uh, watch this missile do what it's supposed to do. And uh, it's fairly accurate. We've never had an instance in Hawk where we had friendly fire. We, we hit our targets and we make sure they stay away from uh, our, our fellow soldiers and, and sailors who are, are doing their job. So hopefully that gives you a little bit more perspective about what I did. I will have some links to Hawk in the blog update and that's question one. Question two, my uh, last week's rant was about the PT belt 
and I was asked the question, what is the official name of the PT belt? Well, April A, the official name of the PT belt, according to the Army Uniform Code of uh, Standards and, and, and Uniform, is the Reflective Physical Exercise Belt, or Physical Training Belt. That's the official name, according to the Army, who you know has more of them than anybody else. Uh, everybody else calls it just the PT belt, and we all know what that is. But the official name, the official name is the Reflective Physical Training Belt, which I still think is absolutely stupid. It's just a big shoot me sign, if you ask me. But that's just, hey, that's just my opinion. That's all I know. And the last question I was asked, uh, which was not asked by a woman, it was asked by a man, is, do I really want to include uh, women in what I talk about on this podcast? And the answer to that question is absolutely. Uh, throughout history, um, you know, women have contributed to military efforts, indirectly and directly. And certainly now, with uh, you know, women serving in more and more combat positions. Uh, I feel that's something to, de- to say. So, yeah, if, if I can find a story or find a guest or, you know, talk about a, a woman who has served our country, I'm absolutely going to talk about, uh, you know, women and what they do for the military. So that is the questions that I got back from the first podcast. And if you have any others, either inbox me uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and of course the uh, WordPress blog, which is oscarmikesite.wordpress.com. So we're going to start getting into, uh, you know, my main topic for this this week. I, I wanted to look this up and study this next thing we're talking about, and I really didn't know the why. And, and what the situation was is um, in 2011, uh, Sergeant First Class Charles Martland and Captain Daniel Quinn were deployed to the Conduits province in Afghanistan. And from there, uh, they operated, they, they, they went out and did their job, they engaged the enemy, and, you know, they were in constant uh, combat with, you know, Taliban forces. During that time, um, both men were asked for help from an Afghan mother because a local police officer was raping her seven-year-old son. Uh, This story was widely reported in all major news outlets. You can Google uh, Charles Martland, uh, Daniel Quinn, and you will find plenty of information on this. This This is out there, readily available for you to see. So I'm not making this up. This is not me, you know, postulating here. This is just the facts. They approached the captain, uh, the local police officer, they being uh, Charles Martland and Daniel Quinn. And yeah, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. This is part of our culture. This is a normal thing here in Afghanistan. And I'm not going to stop. And according to the, uh, you know, Sergeant First Class is they asked him several times and nothing changed. They went to the authorities over this local police officer to complain, saying that the rape of a child is a terrible thing, a, a, a you know thing that's not really supposed to be happening in a modern society. And his superiors, his being the 
Afghan police officers did nothing. And these two men got upset. They, they really, uh, you know, did not take this very well. And according to Sergeant First Class uh, Martland, he got heated. And long story short, they roughed up the uh, local police officer. Who then in turn complained to uh, these two gentlemen's superiors that uh, they had um, beaten him up and he wanted them punished. So this all happens in 2011, um, you know, 2012. And in 2015, Sergeant First Class Martin is flagged for separation from the Army due to their Army Qualitative Management Program. And this is where the Army goes through and looks for unfit or low-performing senior staff NCOs and, you know, and or officers to, you know, make redundant so they can, you know, draw down uh, their forces and get rid of dead wood, if you will. The, the line, and this is, you can find this very easily, the line that was in his service record book for uh, this uh, separation from the Army was that, Sergeant First Class Martin demonstrated poor judgment, resulting in a physical altercation with a corrupt ALP member. Judgment and situational awareness was lacking during this isolated incident. And again, this happened in 2015. And so, I, I followed the story uh, last year into this year. Uh, I, 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 you know, was right there with. Uh, uh, Harvey Keitel, who spoke out against this, uh, Representative Duncan Hunter from San Diego, California, uh, went to bat for, uh, you know, uh, Sergeant First Class Martland. Captain Quint had separated from the Army by this time and was not, you know, fighting for his job. Uh, Charles Martland was. So, you know, a lot of people got behind what the Sergeant First Class, you know, did and thought that he should be allowed to stay in the army and you know I was thinking about this and thinking about this at the time I, I, I didn't really know how to articulate how I felt about it but you know doing this show I think my questions came down to this I'm like you know wait a minute this isn't some E1 to E4 or 5 that did this this is not some you know kid and you know I, I you know I serve to and know that you know what we junior and Alyssa do not make the best decisions this was not, you know, an officer that, that joined in on this that was just out of, you know, basic school or, you know, OCS. This, this was an O3 who had, you know, a lot of leadership responsibility over his soldiers. What I'm trying to say is these two men were, by any definition, experienced, you know, professional Army soldiers. And, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I can't think of anything else more important than to be able to defend those who cannot defend themselves, especially children. And I don't know about you, but if if I knew a child was being raped, I don't think I could stand out of the by. Uh, even being out as long as I've been out, I, I think I would have to act. And, and don't tell me this nonsense about being part of the culture either. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we are over there. We're over there to show the Afghans a better way to live. And, and I cannot see in any circumstance or situation where allowing this to continue is a good thing. 
And think about it. The, the mother of this seven-year-old boy went to her local police to, to, to pr protect her son, to ask him, hey, can, can you help me? And they turned her down. They wanted nothing to do with her. And so she went to these two men to ask for help, which means that she must have known that, that she was going to get the help that she needed. She must have known that they were going to take her seriously. And they, you know, did what they had to do to protect her child. And still, I, I can't understand this. I can't understand or couldn't understand why this got to the point that it did. I, I couldn't understand why, you know, one line in a record book would get this guy kicked out of the army. I couldn't understand that. And so I talked to a former, um, well, a former uh, intel officer who's a lawyer in, in his civilian life about this. And he's like, you've got to think of this in terms of moral justice versus the rule of law. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm still not sure I understand, but why don't you explain it to me and maybe I can make sense of it. And he's like, well, there are two things that govern the situation is the moral side of it and the rule of law. The moral side of it says that, you know what, I'm bigger than you, I am stronger than you, I, I have more power than you do. I'm going to impose my will on you to you know impart my brand of morality on you. You know, what I think is right is what I'm going to do to you to make sure that you follow what I think is the right thing or make get you to do what I want you to do. Because it's like you can't think of it in terms of right and wrong at this point because what you may consider right, someone else may consider wrong. What you may consider moral, someone else may consider amoral or immoral. So just because you can impose your moral code on somebody does not make you right in the true sense of the word. What we are trying to do in Afghanistan is impose or implement the, the idea of the rule of law, where we have a set of laws and rules that are impartially, you know, um, enforced and, you know, punishment is, you know, out in the open and everybody can agree that the right thing was done here. Now, morally, you could say that these two gentlemen did absolutely the right thing. But from a rule of law perspective, they acted in their own you know, way, in their own interest, and did not follow the rule of law, which is why he got flagged the way he did. And I said, well, you know, I don't know what to say. I, I said, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. From a very detached analytical standpoint, it makes sense, absolutely. However, from, you know, the sense of me being a father and, you know, serving my fellow man and, and you know, what it takes to, to, to do that, I just don't ever see a situation where that kind of behavior from somebody else is ever acceptable, rule of law or not. And, and I, I would disagree that, you know, that is, you know, he should have gotten a medal, not been punished for this. He shouldn't have had his name drugged through the mud. He shouldn't have had to, you know, do all this stuff. The captain should not have had to resign his commission in order to, you know, you know, deal with this. And we should, we being, you know, the United States, should have, you know, given him a slap on the wrist. Maybe I don't know, but we shouldn't have done this to him. And so I'm curious, you know, what do you think here? I mean, I mean. Does does the rule of law moral justice argument prevail? Uh, 
were, were, were the, the captain and the sergeant first class really at fault here? Or is this a breakdown of, you know, leadership that we understand that, you know, hey, yeah, you did something that probably isn't 100% right, but don't let it happen again. And what's the right answer here? Because I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I still am wrestling with this one. I don't have the answer, and you know, I'm still asking the questions as to, you know, what happens to these soldiers that are over there seeing the stuff go on, and they come home, they can't adjust back to society, and then we as civilians wonder why, you know, they're having the problems that they have. I, I mean, it's it, to me pretty clear that when you see this stuff and you can't really just get out of your head that's going to cause you problems. I mean, that's that's where I'm coming from. And, you know, that's that's what I think is uh, the case here. So if you feel differently about this, let me know. Uh, you can contact me via email, uh, all the other channels, and let me know what you think. I, I think this is, I think we're going to see this again, uh, maybe in a different theater, but we will see this again happen. And, you know, I want to be better prepared to answer the question for myself and others when I'm asked, you know, the question why. So that's my, that's my serious topic for the week. That's, that's what I want to talk about. That's why I want to get out there. And um, we're going to go next to the rant of the week. And the rant of the week is brought to you by two pogues and a grunt. And two pogues and a grunt is apt because they're real guys and they really served and one is a grunt in the true sense of the word and the other two uh, were not grunts. If you want to know what a pogue is, a pogue is slang for a person other than grunt. And the grunts love to lord it over us that, you know, we are, we are grunts and you're not. And I'm like, well, yes, you're a grunt and no, I wasn't, but, you know, I was out in the field just like you were. I humped a pack, shot a rifle, and did all that stuff in the dirt and the sand just like you did. I just didn't have the O3 designation, and my ASDAP score was higher, so God bless you. So the rant is, the rant of the week is the PFT, or physical testing for all services. And, and, and we asked the question is, you know, how do pull-ups, sit-ups, and a run really show that you can fight. Now, I can see running to a degree, but, you know, you run away from fights, not really to them. Sit-ups, I'm not really sure about sit-ups. I don't know how a sit-up translates into being able to do hand-to-hand combat with an enemy or fire a rifle. I'm just saying, I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, pull-ups to me, not CrossFit pull-ups because I don't know what those are, but those are not pull-ups. But true dead hang pull-ups from a uh, relaxed hang to having your chin over the bar, that means you're strong. I mean, it, it is not easy to do that 20 times in a row. But still, I, I'm, I'm curious to know and trying to figure out how any one of those three tests guarantee that I am ready to fight the enemy. And, you know, for some reason, officers and senior staff and CEOs love when you come back from leave and you've been out for two weeks or three weeks and you haven't been PTing. 
you know, you haven't been in the desert, you haven't been in the system, you've just been out having a good time, sleeping in, doing all that kind of stuff. The minute you get back from Lee the next morning, or if you check in at, you know, 1300, Devil Dog, put on your green PT gear, and let's run that inventory PFT. Hoorah. And come on, that's the last thing you feel like doing after a flight. But they love doing it. And I just want to know why. Someone needs to tell me why, and I never got an answer while I was in, why those three things mean that I'm ready to fight more than somebody else. So that's the rant of this week brought to you by Two Pogues and a Grunt. In the military, we're not happy if we're not complaining. And I can tell you that these three are extremely happy all the time. Unit shout out this week is to a Marine Corps unit that has a lot of history. And that unit is the 1st Battalion, 6th Marines Weapon Company. They are a storied infantry unit going back to uh, World War One, July 11th, 1917. They're only one of two Marine units authorized to wear the French Forge for the action in Bella Wood, uh, where we picked up the name Devil Dogs, which is pretty cool. Uh, every Marine learns about this unit in boot camp and the history behind that. And um, this unit has been in every major conflict from World War One to present. And so it's it's really you know ingrained in you from boot camp, especially if you're in the infantry, that serving in this unit is a real uh, badge of honor. And uh, whether you're a mortarman, machine gunner, saw gunner, uh, rifleman, uh, with this unit you're guaranteed to get the full Marine Corps experience. And I have nothing but uh, love, respect, and admiration for grunts. And this is a unit that uh, certainly has done everything they can to uh, earn that. So that is my unit shout out for the week. First Battalion, Six Marines, oorah. So my second shout out, or my first plug, if you will, is to a Marine that I served with in Arizona who just released a album. The artist calls herself Glovebox Burrito and the name of the album that just dropped is called Reboot. And it's a parody album. Uh, you want to think Weird Al Yankovich, but much more attractive and easier to listen to. And, you know, some of the tracks on there remind you of, you know, popular tunes that came out, like Vanilla Ice is on there, Blink-182, you're going to recognize some uh, a song by them. But uh, my favorite has to be off this album is uh, Livin' La Vida Broca which I think all of us, especially adults, can relate to because there's times in uh, your life where, uh, you know, money is tight and sometimes it's tighter than others, but uh, you're living the life, you got to get it done and you get real creative and inventive. And uh, to me, La Vida Broca kind of spoke to all that. So you can find this album on all the uh, major outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon.com. And uh, I'll have links to uh, where you can get this album in the blog. And I encourage you to pick it up. I, I'm enjoying it. So uh, on Amazon, it's $8.99. And uh, I thought it was a good buy. So well done, uh, Marie. My uh, hat's off to you. And look forward to seeing you live doing this. So next we have upcoming events. Uh, 
looking at expanding this out a little bit, but um, you know, I uh, I um, am just going with Matt Spets Pfizer right now, and uh, the local Marine Corps League next week, next Wednesday is um, the Lieutenant Phillips Marine Corps League in Easton. They're uh, monthly mean at uh, 1,900 hours. We have uh, the other upcoming events are Veterans Coffee Hours, Tuesdays, 8 a.m. to 9.15 a.m. at the Lawrence Senior Center in Haverhill, Mass., and Fridays, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Haverhill, Massachusetts. I'll have that in the blog as well. And what it is, just a way for veterans to connect with other local vets for networking and fellowship opportunities. And this is sponsored by the VA Community Connection Team. Another thing we have going on is the Walk-In Legal Clinic for Low-Income or Homeless Veterans. Uh, this is Mondays, 10.30 to 11.30 at the Chelsea Soldiers Home in Chelsea, Mass. And Wednesdays, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the New England Center and Home for Veterans, Boston, Massachusetts. And that is it for uh, upcoming events this week. So again, I mean, that's that's the show. Um, I can't tell you how much fun this is to do. I'm learning a lot about uh, doing podcasts. I'm learning a lot about what veterans do or doing out in their community. I'm learning that uh, need is constant. There, there's always somebody that's going to need help or need advice or need somebody to talk to. And, you know, when one of our brothers and sisters, you know, gives us that call or the text message saying, hey, I, need, I need to talk. I need to get something off my chest. You know, I would encourage you to take that time and hear what the guys say. You never know what's going on in someone's life and we want to make sure that we're there for them. Absolutely. And uh, just a big thanks to uh, Brian C. for the equipment hookup. It's been very helpful tonight and going forward. And again, I want to hear back from all of you who listen to the uh, podcast from week one and week two. You can contact me on uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for us old people, uh, Snapchats for the new guys, and uh, I'm on my blog. So next week's going to be a good one. I'm looking to line up some guests and get that going. I'm, I'm learning how to do that. And if you have any ideas for the show, we'd love to hear from you. So that's it for now. I'll see you guys next week. And this is uh, P-Dog signing off. Thank you. Master Yoda, I am and listen you must to Mazu.com.